Hello, I'm Scott Beardsley, here today with Carolyn Miles, CEO of Save the Children and a member of Darden's class of 1988. She joined Save the Children in 1998 and became its first female CEO in 2011. Under her leadership, the organization has doubled the number of children it reaches globally. And last year, Fortune named her one of the world's 50 greatest leaders. Congratulations, Carolyn, and welcome. You travel the world to see the crises that threaten the well-being of children. Which, in your view, are the most serious crises today and demand immediate global attention? Well, I, I'd have to say that Syria is, you know, at the very top of, of our minds today. Um, it's actually something that's been going on for five years, and so it's, a, it's one of those protracted crises which we see around the world. Um, the biggest issue, of course, is for people to be able to get back home. So how do we get an, a long-term solution? But in the meantime, there are about 10 million people who are either displaced internally from Syria or they're outside of the country, and about half of them are under the age of 18. So it's a huge crisis for children. And our work really centers on education because that's one of those things that I think families can kind of hold on to. And if their kids could continue to get education, yeah. it helps in that whole migration issue. You know, I was in Greece um, you know, a couple months ago, and you talk to families, and I was talking to a mom and a dad, and I said, you know, they'd been two, three years under siege inside Syria, and I said, why did you leave now? And they said, you know, I couldn't watch the future of my children just slip away. I have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old, and they've been out of school for years. You can't do that. How are Save the Children and other humanitarian organizations working together to try and influence the situation? Can you can you go on the ground? W yep. what, what do you do? So inside Syria, we do have people on the ground. Um, it's very difficult. It's very basic. Uh, there, we're supplying medical um, uh, supplies. We're trying, actually, we have schools that our partners in Syria are running underground because it's so dangerous to have a school mm -hmm. above ground because they just continually are bombed. So we're doing things like that. Um, really just trying to get people very basic services. There are areas in uh, Syria that have been cut off from the world for over a year. So wow. these besieged, what you hear about it, besieged areas. And so getting some basic supplies into those areas. And then, as I said, working in the five countries surrounding, so in Turkey, in Egypt, in Lebanon, in Iraq, and in Jordan, and trying to supply you know, basic s things like education, getting kids into school. How do you decide what you do as Save the Children versus partnering with other organizations? What are the types of organizations you team up with? So we do a huge amount of partnership, um, and particularly in, in areas like Syria, but all around the world. Our partners are different, different types of partners in different places. We work a lot with the UN, so a lot of our work is, would be with UNICEF as the agency that's really focused in the UN on children. So we do a lot of partnerships with them, a lot of partnerships with governments in the countries where we work. So it's really important, uh, I'll give you an example, in Ethiopia, we've been working with the government there for 10 years to establish a basic health care system out in communities where people are not getting health care. So mm -hmm. we've trained thousands of these community health workers. They're usually uh, women with a third or fourth grade education, but they can diagnose the things that kill kids under the age of five, like pneumonia, and they can actually treat it. 
if those kids had to get to a doctor, they would die because the doctor is four hours away and may or may not be there when the family gets there. So working with the government, they now have taken that program up and they have 34,000 community health workers in Ethiopia because of that partnership that we've had with them. So really important to us to take things to scale. So we look for partners where they can take what we've done and have proven it works and it saves the lives of kids or gets them in school and then we, we look for partners who can take that to scale. So thinking about Darden for a minute and Save the Children, we both share a word, the same word in our mission statements, and that word is inspire. So how can, you, how, how can leaders and organizations best inspire others to help tackle big, difficult goals like improving the, sort, the, the lives of children? Yeah. I mean, I think um, inspiration for us is in, in how the world treats children, and inspiration for Darden is in, in terms of uh, making sure that leaders can change the world and inspiring leaders to change the world. And I think, you know, it, it's really important to get people to see, first of all, that these goals are achievable. So uh, an example would be we work a lot in child survival. And if you look at the number of kids who die of preventable things, in 1990, that number was 12 million every year. In 2014, that number was only 5.6 million. So we've basically cut that number in more than cut that number in half in 25 years. So you first have to inspire people by saying, this is doable. This is yes. something we can actually do. And then you have to inspire them to, so in this example, we're trying to inspire people to get to zero. So we want no child to die of these preventable things. And because people see what's possible and what's been done, they believe in what, what can be and inspiring them as to you know, being a part of it. That's a, that's a big part, I think, of, of what's so important in terms of leadership, whether you're talking about Darden or whether you're talking about yes. things like what Save the Children does. And if I might ask you, what, what inspires you on a personal basis? Yeah, I, I think for me it is uh, getting to meet the children and the families and the people out in the countries where we work. Um, I've probably been to about 80 countries with Save the Children, so I've met many, many people. And what's, I think, so inspiring is that they have so little. I mean, when I go to visit a place like Nepal after an earthquake, you know, they've lost their houses, they've lost their schools, they've lost much of what they had, which was very little to start with, but people are so committed, particularly to their children. I mean, every parent is really saying to me, I want my child to have a better life than the one that I have. And I think that's a common thing for parents all around the world. And they, you see with just a little bit of support how people can make a huge difference in their yes. own lives. And that's, that to me is really inspiring. Is there a particular child story that stands out among all the other ones that, something that really moved you? Yeah, there's so many. Um, I guess one of the ones, this is a recent one, I was in Greece uh, just a couple months ago visiting our program where refugees were coming from uh, Syria across Turkey and over in these little rubber boats and yes. coming, coming over in the boats. And I was talking to a little boy who had come and they were, his family was on the way to Germany. And I asked him, you know, what did he want when he got to Germany? And I, I thought he might say, you know, I'll get to play again and I'll have toys and, you know, things like that. And he said, I just want to be safe. That's it. 
And to me, if the world can't figure out a way to give that to children, there's something wrong. And so that's the kind of thing that I think inspires us to, yeah. to keep doing what we're doing. That's great. Thank you very much, Carolyn. Thank you, Scott.